0: the PFC Entertainment Network, or any of the affiliates that make this show possible. This show has also been rated M for mature audiences only.
1: Welcome to Say What. Hi, Watts. I am Kristen Watt. I am a wife, a mom, a community advocate, and apparently, I'm a podcast host now. That's how this episode's starting is up from here now. I know this sounds serious, but I do try to make this fun.
0: This is Say on the PFC Entertainment Network.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Say What, we're glad to have you uh, tuning into the show this week. Um, I am Kristen Watt and I am joined by, as I always call him, our fearless leader at the PFC Entertainment Network, Mr. Jason Klaus, my honorary co-host, Button.
0: Pusher. It's uh, one of the great privileges in life, can I just that? Oh my that?
1: God! <laughs> Can you like put that on a plaque and let me <laughs> hang that somewhere? That'd be amazing. Well,
0: it is Christmas time, so you never. It know is. What, what, I What could, Santa will bring you?
1: I could get. It's like those uh, affirmation sticky notes you stick on your mirror every day, and I'll be like, "I am one of the greatest pleasures of Jason Claus's life." <laughs> amazing. So anyway, so I am. It may sound strange to say that I am excited for this week's episode, but I am. Because I told Jason before we got on the air, we are titling this episode Big Feelings. Because, one, I am in my big feelings. And secondly, we are here in the holiday season, of course. And I feel like it is a time for big feelings. Because you have some people who are just elated that it is christmas time or you know hanukkah or whatever it is you celebrate or just the you know the season the festivus if you will um and then you have people who deeply deal with seasonal depression and the holidays are very difficult they've lost a loved one they've you know there's just a million reasons and so people are very much in their feelings during this time of year um and if you're going through difficult times during this time of year for some reason it just i don't know it just hits you different um
0: everything's amplified.
1: Well, it is because I also believe there is this expectation that it's the holidays. We're going into Thanksgiving and we have to, like you always said, those silver linings, you got to find something to be thankful for. Um, And then of course it's joyous and Christmas and capitalism and buy all the crap you don't need. And then there's people, you know, who can't afford the crap you don't need. And then they're, they feel like a failure as a parent or they just, you know what I mean? Like, I remember growing up and my mother, I swear to God, we did this as a freaking hobby on the weekends. My mother loved to go look at model homes. It was her favorite thing to do. Now, I don't even know. Do you even know what I'm talking about, Jason? I don't know. I guess people do that here, but maybe we just don't build as many new communities here as we did in Houston. I don't know.
0: I'm not exactly sure on what scale you're talking about here. Okay.
1: So let me break that down for you. Let's say um, a new home builder is going to come in and build a new subdivision, a new community. Okay. Um, And then they build, um, there's like 12 houses that are models that you can pick from to, to put new builds. And so they will have them all decked out. And then you can come by anytime you want and just go walk through the house. And they have real estate agents and they try to sell you this house the community right and so model homes are your dream homes that's the new build right like that so my mother and i she would drag me around all over our general area and we'd go look at model homes and my dad hated looking at model homes like hated it and would never go with her one they weren't gonna buy a freaking house that wasn't happening (laughs) like at the time but my mom liked to dream. You know, my mom liked to think about what she liked to look at and my dad would always kind of be like, I don't like window shopping. He didn't want to go look at something he couldn't purchase. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um and I I feel that to some extent about window shopping. Um it's not so much that I'm depressed. I'm just like, why this is I could be doing something with my time that's useful <laughs> that I can actually accomplish. So, I look at it a little bit differently, but the reason I bring that up is that during the holiday season, I feel like that is a similar thing. Like there's people that like to go to the the events and they like to go look at all the little boutiques in our town and stuff like that. And it's like, it's depressing if you can't, Oh, I see a dress I just have to have, but there's no way I can have it. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of depressing to people, but some people don't care.
0: You know, I can see it from that aspect. I look at it like this. I I am somebody that will kind of window shop because even though I may not have the money for it right then and there, it it sets a goal in my mind. Okay, I really want this. If I want this to be a thing, I have to save or work a little extra overtime or whatever the case may be to make that a reality. I, I make that a goal at, at that point. That way it means more once, once you're able to to buy it.
1: Yeah. It's, um, you know, and everyone's just different and I think it's different at different times of your life. So that might be the way you feel the last 10 years and then something crazy happens (laughs) and that's not how you feel next year, you know? So Anyway, I don't know. The holiday season is a very uh, complex and uh, it's got a lot of nuances to it. But there's a lot of expectation. You're supposed to be freaking joyous. You're supposed to sing carols. You're supposed to be happy. And if you aren't, you're ruining my Christmas. <laughs> and so, um, and I, I fall guilty to that because I think that as I... I work all year long to overcome to to try to suppress the the frustrations and struggles and depressing things that happen and try to find a new okay, but it's okay. I'm like, okay. That's not working. We're going to do it this way. Like, you know, I just keep keep it pushing, right? Um But there does come a point where during Christmas, one of the things, you know, I live here in downtown Holly, and we are smack dab right now in the 50th anniversary of of our Dickens Festival. We are the longest running Dickens Festival in the country. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) Well. I'm choked up about it. I'm that emotional.
0: I didn't know that it was the longest running Dick, dick and <coughs> ball in, in the country. I like. I knew it, it was. Yeah. It was the 50th from talking to, Sh- to Sean Grugel yep. about it, who you can hear on Wednesdays here on Power Trip and through the 80s. But I didn't know that. So that's that's kind of that's kind of yeah. a cool tagline. Well, and it was
1: started, and I know this. I will not do a deep dive into this because that is not what the show is about today. But just as an aside. Um, they did make the. I know. I saw. I ran into you and Sean and his wife Sharon at the uh, at the tree lighting. So it mm-hmm. all starts the Friday after Thanksgiving. They do the big Christmas light time nighttime lighted parade, and then it all culminates with the tree lighting. And then we have individuals in our community who do their best attempt at a Victorian British accent. We will leave it at that, um, and play different characters. Um, And God bless them for trying. Um, But anyway, they (laughs) do the tree lighting and then they, you know, that's like the kickoff, right, to the holidays. And then literally the next day, Dickens Festival starts. We have these little chimney sweeps, kids that dress up and then the Queen Victoria and um, everyone's in attire. and, and, And of course, it started finally snowing in the middle of the first day. Um, cause it seems very weird and I've seen many Dickens festivals since I've been here. If it's not snowing, it just seems like we're all standing out in the cold for no damn reason. Yeah. <laughs> like, the snow is what makes it, sure. but there's horse drawn carriages and they drop their huge loads of horse shit in front of my house. <laughs> and I, for the following week have to walk over to get my coffee at battle alley coffee and make sure I am sidestepping. The attempts to clean up huge piles of horseshit. So it, it's part of the holiday nostalgia for me. Horseshit and coffee. I don't know. <laughs> what are you going to do? What but I, I will tell you this. I love the Dickens Festival because I live downtown. And for me, one of the things I have been able to really find peace in during these seasons of sometimes we're plentiful and sometimes it's lack, but Being able to walk into my downtown and see horse-drawn carriages and Christmas tree, you know, and snow and just the ambiance of the community makes, like, I, that's one of the things I love about the holiday season. Like, I feel like I had Christmas without having to decorate my apartment. (laughs) Like, because we just, and now we have these three cats. I can't even put up my little tree this year because it's just going to make me mad. (laughs) They're just going to knock it over. So, um Yeah. You know, so I I do enjoy Christmas. It has always been my favorite holiday, but not always for the same reasons everyone else has. But I really living here in Holly during the holiday season is very calming for me. Like I it's and it's so simple because it's Dickens. There's just kids out there roasting chestnuts like it's so simple. It's minimal and it makes me feel comfortable in my minimalism whether that's forced or chosen, you know? Um, Whereas when I lived in Houston, it was like, how many, uh, you only have seven gifts per kid. This isn't going to work. Like we got to go buy more. Let's go to Kohl's. Let's go, you know, there's this very uh, driven need to purchase things um, because that's all there is to do there, eat and buy stuff, you know? So, um, and here I feel like it's more of an experience than, a need to purchase. If that makes any sense, so
0: makes total
1: sense. Yeah, um, but I titled this episode "Big Feelings" not only because of all that, but and just people's emotions during the holidays. But I, I wish we could get another week. Like I feel like the last couple weeks from the episode I did with my girlfriends, then we finally got to record last week and got all the tech stuff figured out. Like finally. I feel like the last couple weeks. Oh man, I just like, I i told someone today, I need to go find one of those damn rooms where you break things.
0: Oh yeah. Rage room. Yeah.
1: Like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling very ragey. Um, and I think it's, um, we talked about it on last week's episode, um, about we had a situation in the community. Someone didn't, you know, think we had food insecurity, blah, blah, blah. Well, yesterday and the day before, I'm just going to be totally transparent and honest. I was not doing well. I just was not good. Um, Everything, everything was triggering. Everything made me cry. I was so angry and so frustrated. It's just like when you hit 20 brick walls in a row and you're doing everything you can to accomplish something. And it's just everything's falling apart, you know, and I just... I just was not in a good place, like, at all. I'm not even going to say I'm in a great place today, but I can at least be regulated and hold it together to record this show today. (laughs) But yesterday, no. Um, Anyhow, something happened, though, last night. And it was like this, this moment, this, this, I don't want to call it a wake-up call, but it was like a, a really hefty, heavy dose reminder of who the hell I am. And where the root of my, um, the root of my, uh, my fight for human rights, you know, or, or just dignity and service like came from. And it's almost like I had this moment last night, um, where the situation that I referenced about the person making those comments, um, m- wasn't just that one person, but several people attended a meeting last night that I was also at. And I managed to keep professional composure, but find my passion and my, my righteous passion, my anger, but in the right way, my righteous anger to address that face to face, head on no bullshit. Like I was relentless last night and I don't think I have felt that level of gusto in a, in a fight for what I believe in, in, in a while, like to vocalize it and verbalize it in my professional capacity. So, um, and not in a mean way, but in just a, no, like we're not, we're not sugarcoating this. We're not, Letting it slide. We're not going to make peace and make nice. We're going to get down in the dirt together, and we're going to call this what it is, which is disgusting. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so it was actually really nice because I guess I I don't know like I don't know where my professional line begins and ends with this, but I mean everyone who listens to the show knows. So I am on the library board here locally, um, and I. Am not on this show in that capacity. And I certainly don't speak for anyone else in that board. I'm just speaking for myself. Um, I had this moment last night where I was like, there's a reason people elected me to this. There's a reason that people trust me to come stand with them when they are having an issue or, you know what I mean? They need that extra voice. <coughs> and I feel like the situation is there's a, we have a food pantry at the library. That's what, that's where this whole thing started. And there were some people in the community who don't like it. They don't think it looks pretty. They don't want it there. Um, and there's reasons for that because they want that space for other things. And this escalated into a situation where multiple people decided to come. And I've been those people. I've been the person with multiple people who've attended local meetings to speak, you know, my, my public comment, right? But that happened to us last night at the meeting. But there were a couple of people who were very vocal about this issue on the opposite side. And there were tons of people that showed up who were just not going to have it. People in our community who actively help feed people. And it was a beautiful thing to watch other people show up and give up their time because your time is a gift, like especially during the holiday season people got things to do. They're busy, you know, whatever. And it's snowing. The roads are so crappy to take an hour and a half of their life to come sit at a board meeting to stand up for the people who, are struggling in our community. It was like, it was like gas in my tank. And I was like, nope, I'm going to say what I think. I'm going to speak my whole damn mind. And I did. And at the end of the day, I just like, I had had the worst day ever. Like I was having the worst day. And I'm not going to say I felt great when I left, but I also, I felt like something in me was alive when everything else felt dead. You know what I mean? Like from finding that. And so um, anyway, that's kind of, that was just one of the many things. But um, I don't know, man. Like I just, just a weird time. people
0: are on the library board?
1: We have one, two, three, four, six, I believe. Wait, am I missing someone? Hold on. Me?
2: there's six
0: yeah okay yeah i i just wasn't sure how big or how many people (laughs) occupied a board like that i just wasn't
1: yeah we have six people who are elected and then we have our director and then um he's not really a member of the board but he's there as part of the meetings and then Mm -hmm. um and then of course we have our staff they're there as well. But yeah. And I will tell you, it's been that this has been a huge learning experience for me. Um, I've been on the board three years. I have one more year to go on my term. And, um, it's been a really beautiful thing to have been a part of and serve my community because I don't think anyone who's known me my whole life, like what I tell people that I'm on the lab group are like, you really? Like, (laughs) like, it seems like not my style. But I'll be honest with you, it's one of the great things that it's a nonpartisan seat. We have very, um, we have a really cool group that's, that, that's on it. Um, We're all very similar, but not, you know what I mean? Like, so, but we just work really well together and even in times of disagreement. So it's just been, um, I've learned a lot and we've been able to do a lot in three years, like a lot. And that's what you want to see people. That's what people want when they elect their leaders, get shit done, right? Get shit done. Quit talking and do it, you know? So, um, and a lot of the stuff is the unsexy work. It's the paperwork. It's the housekeeping. It's the, you know, fixing manuals and bylaws and, you know, but those things matter for the future, you know? So um, it's been really cool. And we've been able to extend uh, and expand programming for our teenagers, which is growing like crazy and, um, you know, just be more inclusive and safe space. And like, it's just been so much like modernization in the last three years and bringing things up to speed. So it's been a really cool, I'm very proud of the work that everyone has done and that I got to be a part of it. And that the people of our community trusted me to do that. So um, that was a weird rabbit hole. I had no intention of talking about any of that, but here we are.
0: Oh, hey! I mean, I, I was curious. I just wasn't. Sure I'm here to answer your
1: questions, Jason. <laughs> so I will say, I do want this is like a whole other direction, but big feelings, and you're a man, so I'm. I'm here. I you might get a little rubbed the wrong way to talk like. We'll see how you feel about my comments.
0: All right. <laughs> Let Listen, me. Uh, I'm I'm all full of piss and vinegar right now. So like. Oh, bring it. awesome. Just bring well, it.
1: Well, I would assume that as a nice gentleman, you don't like it when other men make you look bad, right? Like as a species, correct?
0: That's correct.
1: Okay, so here we go. Um, at what point? At what age? Do you expect men to have their shit together? And what I mean by that is when you're in middle school and high school, puppy love, right?
2: Puppy mm-hmm. love.
1: Boys are stupid. They're in their hormones. They're just raging. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're not using their brain. <laughs> Let's right. be clear, you know? And part of that is just Biology. But there comes a point, you know, and then you hit your 20s and you kind of grow up, your brain stops developing and you're grown. And, but now you have to have those young, wild, sow your oats, life experience. You're going to make, that's when you get to make all your stupid choices. And then by 30, you hope, you hope that you settle down a little bit. You're like, all right, I'll put some money in the 401k. I'll, I'll stay with the same chick only and exclusively for five years, maybe I'll, I'll get looped into getting married. Like, you know, you kind of come to that, that, what do I want to do with my life for real situation? And then by the time you're 40, maybe you have some kids, maybe you don't, I don't know. But you know, you've hopefully maybe been at your, you've bought a house, maybe you started a you know, you've been at a job for five, 10 years, you've got, you know, some stability. By 50, you're thinking about, hey, I'm 10 years out from retirement. Like, this is in a perfect world. Obviously, this is not everyone's story. But I do feel that at that point, it's kind of like, you know, you know right from wrong. You know how you've, maybe you've been divorced once or twice. Like, you've learned from your mistakes. And now you just want some peace, I think. And calm, maybe. And just some, some companionship. And, you know, someone to go watch a movie with. And eat some fried chicken. I don't know. Just keeping it simple. And then when you're 60, it's like, Hey, let's go down. To, who, let's go on a date and go get some social security and <laughs> that 30% off at IHOP, you know, like, and then when you're 70, then you're old and funky and you change each other's diapers and then y'all go in the home and then you die. Like though, that's the rules. Those are the rules. So in a perfect world, but at what point In, in that, if I just laid it out in the simple way I just did, like basic, at what point do men, like, when is it not okay to be acting like you're 22 or 15 when you're almost 70? Like, what, like, where does the stop? Like, where does it stop where you just go, dude, you got to know better, quit acting
0: stupid, like, or uh, is
1: there an age or am I just, as a woman, do I have expectations that are unrealistic? <laughs> like,
0: I feel like this is an individualized thing because if a man is in his late 60s or early 70s and he's conducting himself and corresponding with other people as if he is a teenager or in his early 20s, mm-hmm. there is a mental disconnect somewhere. There just it's Now, as you were laying all that out a, a minute ago, I was th- thinking about, like, life, where Where do
1: was... you fall on the spectrum?
0: <laughs> no, but listen, I might, I might be of the minority because I knew very early on, like, in my teenage years, what I wanted to be, who I wanted to be, and I just had to figure out how I was going to get there. I had never lost sight of that. Now, that's not to say... I didn't take screwed up ways to get there. And I look, I've done my fair share of stupid shit in my day, oh, some too. of which I could ne- will never be will, will never see the light of day. But <laughs> I got that out of my system in my early twenties. So by the time 30 rolled around, yeah. then I started having kids and shit was starting to settle down. Now, the argument can be made, you look at my life here and now in my mid 20s. Going into my late 40s, um, you can make an argument where it looks like on the surface, I don't have my shit together. Mm-hmm. I have my shit together. It's just, it just got derailed because of other people and other right. circumstances. Right. That's not on me. But if, well, that's not to say I <laughs> have my hand in it because I certainly did. But by and large, this is an individualized, concentrated, more often than not, choice on how people live their lives because they've they've got they've gotten so used to getting away with treating people that way or what have you they don't know what resistance is and when they do see it then you see the immaturity the right all this stuff coming to the limelight
1: and the reason i bring this up mind you we not you, not me, not anybody, you know, none of us are perfect. We all have our shit. We get set in our ways, you know, whatever it happens, but I am, and I've, I've alluded to this on the show. In fact, you know what? I'm going to, while I'm talking, I'm Googling. Cause you know about me and my love of Google, <laughs> Google is my friend, um, because I want to make sure I say this correctly. Um. Here we go. Okay, I have said on the show before that the word feminist or feminism, right, has it, well, it took on an ugly connotation back in the sixties. Like anytime time, any a a group of people who do not have one hundred percent equal rights to another group of people demand to be treated, paid. And, and thought of equally. Um, it's never popular. It doesn't matter who it is. Women. Teenagers. People of color. Like whatever. You know. Religious affiliations. It's just. It's the haves and the have nots. And it's part of society. So at some point. You know. Now. I had mentioned. I think it was last episode. I don't know. But anyway. You know. Feminism. Or if you're. If I say I'm a feminist. It's. You're a man hater. I would. Probably at 42, almost 42, be able to tell you that there's a lot of gentlemen throughout my life who would beg to differ. I don't hate men, but I hate bullshit. That's what I hate. And what I, and I, don't get me wrong, women are crazy too. Okay. Like, but it's different. They're different. We're different. We're different species. It's just different. And so here, in the noun sense, feminist, an advocate of women's rights on the basis of the equality of the sexes, a person who supports feminism. And then it says there are a million types of different women who consider themselves feminists but don't have the same agenda, which is very important. That could apply to all kinds of things. Right. There's people who identify as a Republican or a Democrat, but they don't have the same, you know what I mean? You're never going to find two people who agree on everything. And then in adjective form, relating to or supporting feminism, advocating women's rights on the basis of the equality of the sexes. She became involved in the feminist movement. Okay, so the reason I bring this up is because I feel like as a mother of two daughters, first of all, first and foremost, as a woman who grew up in a very uh, Southern Baptist uh, legalistic um, uh, environment, you know, it was a PK pastor's kid. Um, and it wasn't like we were, they were beating women or anything. And, you know, but there was that subservient, like submit to your husband, husbands pay the bill. Like there was that attitude, right? I grew up in that. And then growing up just in society where women were always trying to, you know, fight for the right for equal pay. We're still fighting for equal pay. <laughs> like, you know, just All the things women just want to be respected and earn our keep. Like we should not be treated less than or paid less than or not be able to make our own choices the same way a man can. That's literally the definition of it. It's not hating men. The problem is you have men, particularly old men who run the country and always have and Want to make laws or act a certain way that affect women. And so when we're raging against the man, I can't help it that it's the old freaking men that are doing this. That's not my fault. (laughs) Like, don't gaslight me. Right. But I bring all this to come full circle is that I had a situation and it's very weird because most of my friends. I have a very, I've mentioned this before too, I have a very, very extensive um, age, like the diversity of age of my friendships. I have friends in their 70s and 80s that I am love, that I have coffee with, and then I have people who are in their late 20s and everyone in between. So this, this huge spectrum of age gap um, in my relationships, and I actually cherish it because i do have old older people in my life that i seek their guidance and their wisdom they've been through some shit and and i don't necessarily have to agree with them on everything but i can respect the struggle the hustle the you know what i mean and i mm-hmm. and i garner wisdom from them and then i also like to be around young people and the teenagers like the act up kids i talked to riley today actually um because it reminds me to not forget where I came from. You know what I mean? And it gives you perspective. And most of my friends are either married, they've been divorced for a while and they're just single, you know, maybe dating somebody, but like, you know what I mean? Just they're kind of in their roles. And I really haven't been through in the last five to 10 years, a whole lot of relationships where people got divorced or, Breakups. It's not even divorce. Divorce is almost like, oh, yeah, okay, they're getting divorced. I'm talking adult dating relationships where breakups happen, like as adults. And in the last month, I have four people who are going through this simultaneously. And I am watching behavior within the dating relationship. And within the breakup. That makes me go. How. Are we in middle school? Like at what point. I know we're human. And we have our feelings. And we you know we hurt. And we we lash out. We project. We do all that. But it's like. I'm watching grown ass men. And women. But particularly in the last week. It's been the men. But like you're too old for this shit, man. Like just be done with it. Like if it ain't going to work, it ain't going to work. Go get your IHOP by yourself. Go get, you know, keep your social security, whatever. (laughs) Like, It's, but like the behaviors, the, the games, the, the emotional manipulation, like just all of it. And it's like, I can't believe that people are still dealing with this shit at this age. Like it's, Maybe I've been in my bubble way too long and just forgot because I've, you know, Charles and I've been married 16 years. We're not out, you know, in clubs and bars and like, we're not dealing with that. Like, woohoo. I go to karaoke on Thursday. Like that's the extent of my wildlife. Right. But I don't, I guess I've just not been exposed. Like I do not understand online dating. I don't understand any of it and swipe left. And like, I, I've had to learn that because my daughter started dating my older daughter, you know, but it's like, I am just shocked at the behavior of grown people lately. That's like, I can't believe people are still doing this shit. Like, I don't know. What do you think?
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> listen, let's peel the curtain back a little bit. Cause I really haven't, I really haven't talked about this on the public I, forum.
1: Well, and I just so you know, I wasn't.
0: Right, not a big deal. You were
1: like, "I'm going to peel back the curtain to hell." You are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> up on you.
0: yeah, a little bit of a technical snafu during the recording here, but you asked me what my opinion was, and what <laughs> I, I I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll touch on this a little bit. I'm not going to go too far in the, into the weeds. But I'm one of the four, I'm sure, that, that you are referring to. Um, and I'll, I'll so sit I, here and admit it. But um,
1: I, let's be clear to the audience, though. You are not the guy acting like the asshole. That, that was a whole other situation. But I was just, when I referenced four people going through either breakups or divorce or whatever, yes, you were one, but I wasn't outing you. That was up to you.
0: <laughs> no, no, and I understand that. You gave me the door of opportunity. I will walk through it. And no. I am not one of those people that conduct themselves because I know what my intentions are. Not only that man, but the fact that I am going through a breakup and, and the way that um, everything has materialized in my circumstance, not, I don't know what anybody else's is. It's none of my business, but in, in my circumstance, I know how I want to conduct myself in all of this because no amount of digs or insults or fights or games or anything is going to change anything. It's just going to make shit worse. And I am of the mindset where I no longer have the time nor the energy to dedicate to a situation or to an individual that does not have my best interest at the forefront. And if that is how I'm going to be treated or talked to, well, this is, this is something I don't need to be a part of and they don't need to be a part of it. So why, why? Okay. Now, um, is the is my situation was my situation out of my control yeah it was because this is not what what i thought was going to be right. but here we are I, this is what i've been presented with i will react accordingly i you know and that's all i'll say about it but i'm very i'm very concentrated i'm very conscious of how i conduct myself because at the end of the day it's it's not going to make anything better for me or her Let's just do what we got to do to get through this, (laughs) close the chapter on it, and move on with our respective lives. That's where I'm at. I can't control what she says or does, nor can she control what I say or do. But I also know that not only that, not only how I'm perceived on a personal level, but there are situations where a couple's problems become a public conversation because of what. (laughs) the uh, one party or the other is putting on social media. And that's another aspect of it. It's none of anybody else's goddamn business what's happening.
1: Right. Well, and I think what's interesting, and the only reason I, I, I had big feelings about this, is that there's conflict sometimes within me, because when you are somebody who is deeply involved with... I've told you before people hoarder, right? Like Mm -hmm. a people hoarder. Now I've gotten real good about that lately. I've let some things go. I don't wish anybody harm, like nothing, but I've, I've made some healthy choices and, um, to let certain relationships, not so much go, but just move to the different tiers in my life, you know, whatever. And tighten that circle up. Well, the problem when you are somebody who is a good friend and you and you do care and you are someone who's involved in your community, you, you have more people in your life to manage. And I thought it was odd. It was just coincidental. But it just seemed odd to me that, like, boom, out of nowhere, I have people in my life who are breaking up or divorce or whatever, where I'm friends with or I have had friendships or relationships with both parties for long periods of time. Um, there are people that I thought were one way and I'm finding out, oh my god, like you're not even who I thought you were. like and I understand that we when we go through things, there are certain behaviors and emotions and um, you know, the feral part of us that come out sometimes, but I'm not talking about things you say and do in hurt and anger. I'm just talking about, I thought you were this and you're freaking not. You are a lie. Your whole life like is a lie to me at this point. Like, and when you find that out about someone that you've known for a long time and worked with and things like that, you just go You start questioning your own judgment skills. Like, miss this and see. For me, we haven't talked about this on any episodes yet, and maybe I will someday. It's not that I'm hiding it, but it's certainly a a deeper, deeper subject. Which is, you know, I was very blessed. I grew up in a home, and we didn't have a whole lot, but we, you know, I did. I was loved. I was hugged. I had my parents are still married, almost sixty years. Like, I. I didn't grow up, there was, there was yelling, but there was not, like, I didn't grow up with abuse. I didn't have sexual abuse. I didn't have, like, I did not have childhood trauma um, in the sense that many people have experienced. Um, There were things when I got older that I look back on now that I do realize were, you know, when we use the word trauma, we think major trauma. And sometimes it's just the little things, like, Man, I had to put sour cream on my sandwiches because I couldn't afford mayonnaise. Like, you know what I mean? Just weird stuff like that. Like, that didn't ruin my life. But it's the little things that you don't realize those experiences shape, you know, what triggers you in your adulthood. But I was very, very blessed and very fortunate to... I never dated... I mean, guys were stupid. You know, you're in high school, whatever. But I never... I just never dated people that treated me badly. I never, I had, I just kind of had this expectation of like, I'm not putting up with any of that shit. You know, like I didn't see it in my home. It wasn't normal to me and I didn't want it in my life. So I watch other girlfriends that I have date complete assholes, people who are abusive and physically abused. It was just awful. And I literally would be that person that would go, why are you with this person? Like, it just seems so logical to me. Like, why, why would you even let that go one time, you know, whatever. And then I had an experience when I was 23 and I, I got divorced and in between my divorce and my current husband of 16 years, I dated two people and uh, one of them just didn't pan out. Very lovely young, young man. Um, He's doing well in life now. I hope he's great. Wasn't a bad thing. Just wasn't going to work. And then we had a situation where the second person I dated was someone that I thought I knew, I thought was a certain way, and I thought it was a good choice. And then I found out how wrong I was. And the details of that traumatic event bear its own episode maybe in the future, but it's something that changed who I was. And um to this day, I still take anxiety medication. Like I had to go to therapy. Like it was a whole thing. And it was so one of the most traumatizing parts of it for me, aside from what actually action- I thought I had good judgment. I thought I, I know people, people are my thing. I can read people. I'm an empath. I got like to feel hoodwinked in such a way that it's like, how could I have missed this? How could I have not known that it's not my fault what happened to me, but I made a choice to be in this situation thinking the information I was presented was correct. And to find out it was so not Jekyll and Hyde, and then you're too deep into it. Like, and then it, your whole life is flipped upside down, and the trauma that that event caused in my life, and everything since then. Even though you know, happily married, got great kids, I'm fine. It makes me so angry that I still have physical manifestation of that trauma today. That. Affects me going to the dentist. It affects me driving. It affects me, like it causes problems. I won't say problems, but it causes rifts in my own relationship. The other night, we were driving home from my daughter's house in Novi uh, from Thanksgiving, and I don't think I've had an actual full-on panic attack in a very long time. Like not to that level, like hyperventilating. Cry- like I, it was t- paralyzing fear. And it's because I was riding in a car at night. I wasn't driving. There were no street lights. It was inclement or a lot of curves, a lot of unknowns, like just the parallels of one of the events that occurred within that situation, you know, 17 years ago, it, it, I never know when it's going to happen and when it, I know what triggers it, but like sometimes I just get panicky and that night, It was bad. And of course it's dark and my husband's trying to drive home safely and I'm disrupting his concentration because I'm literally hyperventilating and melting down. And I, it's not, I had to learn that that's not something I'm doing. It's something that's happening to me. I'm not, you know what I mean? Like I'm not doing it to myself. And it's like, if I was having a heart attack or my blood sugar was dropping or any other medical thing it's happening and I can't help it. Like, you know what I mean? And I would prefer not to do it. I don't want to feel that way, but like every year in the winter, I reinstate my Instacart to have my groceries delivered because I cannot drive in this snow. I cannot, it's, it's not so much the snow as it just the anxiety of it triggers other anxiety. You know what I mean? So, um, I bring all this up because when you think someone is something and you trust your gut and your instinct, and then you find out very abruptly and abrasively that they are not who they thought you thought they were. It is, it is so psychologically damaging to, to feel like you can't trust yourself. And I've had a situation recently where someone else in my life that happened, not, not something bad and traumatic, but I thought they were someone that is not who they were. And I am watching them behave in a way that is disgusts my spirit to its core. And it affects other people that I love in my life. And and now I'm grown. I'm not 15. I can't be like, girl, date, don't date him. It's not that comp. It's more complicated. The older you get, it's more complicated in some ways. And it just, I'm just like, what? grow up and grow a pair. Like, I don't know. Like, I just have, I told you before, I just have no patience anymore for stupid.
0: I'm right there with you.
1: Rage room.
0: You know, that's the second time you've mentioned the rage room thing. And listen, there is one in White Lake. And uh, I, would, I wouldn't mind taking a, a network field trip down there.
1: Jason, we should get Amy Sheridan, Sean. Let's get the whole PFC family and go to a rage room.
0: I mean, I know, I know, sure as shit, Sean's got some rigs to bust out. So, uh, if, yeah, hey, man, uh, we, we can certainly make this happen.
1: Yeah,
0: I don't huh? know.
1: I said package and meat, that'll do it to you.
0: Well, between that and well, just well,
1: definitely, yeah. you know. That's me to tell, but my yeah. So I don't know. I just I've had a lot of big feelings this week. Some of them are personal to my own trials and tribulations, and just trying to cope with that. And then also holiday stuff, and then this whole food pantry thing just got. I mean, some people might be like, "That's your biggest problem." It's my life's calling to advocate. For people and causes and things I believe in. You've seen it firsthand. You know, you know what I'm about.
0: You're the voice of the voiceless. You are the one that stands up and, and I'm
1: one of them. Like huh? so many people. Well, for that sure. You, but the and the problem is, and and I'm not ashamed to say that I I fall into some of those categories of the voiceless. I just happen to use my voice. But those categories of people, whether that's, you know, socioeconomic, speaking as a woman, as, a, you know, whatever. Like, sometimes I'm advocating for myself, too, but I'm advocating for the group of people that are affected that I just happen to fall into. But I know, I know, without a shadow of a doubt, anyone who knows me well knows that if I won the lotto tomorrow, that certainly wouldn't change. I'd be out there feeding people or, you know what I mean? Like I'd be one of those people you using my good fortune to further advance the cause of others. Like that's just who I am. And I would certainly not change uh, my entire belief system because of some extra money. You know what I mean? So um, I don't know, but it's just like, all that together and then lump that in with trying very hard to be a good friend to people who are going through rough times with relationships, but also putting down hard boundaries and saying, look, I love you. I care about you. um, I'm not, I'm your friend. I'm not your therapist. Let's be clear. So I cannot have you dump your entire life on me. And I'm supposed to help you fix it. I can't do that because I'm, I'm a disaster right now myself. <laughs> like, so I'll be there for you. We'll have coffee. You need me to, what you need. You need a name. You need a lawyer. I'll get you. A, here, I'll Google. I'll Google it. <laughs> the resources you need and you need to go to those resources. Like I've, and I'm real proud of myself for that because that is not how I would normally handle things. Normally I'm like, I have to solve everyone else's problems And that's what I spent four years doing and then looked around and went, shit, I've got my own that are boiling over. You know what I mean? And so I'm really trying to balance how to be a good friend, how to be a great advocate without allowing everything in someone else's marriage to somehow infiltrate my life. You know what I mean? Like, Just finding those good boundaries, I think, has been good. But I have all these feelings, and I'm angry. I'm just, like, and I'm fed up. Like, I don't know, the state of the world, state of the economy, (laughs) the state of people's behavior, like, my own situation. Like, I feel like it's just all ball, like, a big ball of feelings. And it's, like, I don't even know where to start. Like, where do I even put these in a little box so I can deal with them individually. And then it's like tomorrow the same, you know, I'll find out a new, a new tidbit of the story. And then it's just like, like, so I don't know. I just, I think, I think my theme or my, my, my ending of this, like a big feeling show is I feel like obviously not every, you know, I'm not the only one you have all kinds of stuff. Everyone's got stuff going on and you know, I want people to be kind and respectful, but if I can just throw this out there, I don't hate men, but men get your shit together. Like grow up, like don't act like you're a high school football player when you are not. And you are old. You don't want to die alone. So quit acting stupid. Ladies, put the bullshit behind you. Like, quit playing high school games. Don't be going through your man's phone. Don't be doing... Like, this is... That's some 25-year-old bullshit. Like, either be with someone and trust them and be there or don't. Like, just go. Like, that's how I feel. Like, we don't just don't have time. Life is short, man. And there's so many people out there hurting and struggling and just trying to live their life in peace. And it's just like, I do not understand... People who thrive on drama. Like, I, I, why? It's so much energy. Oh, my God. How exhausting.
2: All right.
1: And it affects everyone around you, whether you want it to or not. And that's not fair. Like, if you want to be crazy, be crazy by yourself but quit putting it on other people, which then those people get hurt and then they have to call their friends and then their friends have to be like, Oh my God, what are you doing? And then like, it's just a ripple. You know what I mean? And it's like, I don't understand why it's that hard. I, maybe I'm just naive. (laughs) Like, I don't understand why it's that difficult.
0: Well, there's a lot to unpack here and I have opinions about a lot of it. It starts with this. Um, First and foremost, you just got done saying a moment ago, you don't know where to start because there's just so much happening all at one time. Your attention is being requested and required in a number of different ways by a number of different people and a number of different entities. It starts at home base. Take care of home base first. That is you, that is your husband, that is your kids. You make sure that your... Home family unit is as good as it can be and everything else will fall into place because if shit ain't right at home, nothing else will be. You will get some degrees of validation and and fulfillment in other entities to fill that void that you may have. Listen, I'm speaking from experience here, okay, because there were aspects of my personal life that were severely Lacking, And I took what energy I had left and threw it all into my professional wrestling company for 30 years. And after that, it was the podcast network because it gave me some degree of validation. This is why people, especially adults, older adults from the age of 35 on, that conduct themselves in immature manners is because there is something in their life that is severely lacking. And they need that rush of involvement, even if it includes being hip-deep in drama and bullshit. And you see this on full display when a breakup does happen. Men, listen, there's there's a huge a contingent of our species that make the rest of us look bad because they are not mentally mature enough to handle whatever is happening. And the same can be said about a contingent of women. It is not across the board. It is not every single person because there are people who can conduct themselves like goddamn adults Realize if this is not going to work, what can we do to work together to sever the tie, have the breakup, take care of your assets, whatever the case may be, and both of you move on to find what whatever your happy is because clearly this ain't it. You don't have to blow it up and make it 10 uh, or, or 100 times worse because your feelings are hurt. Everybody's feelings are hurt in, in a situation like that.
1: Jason, you remember back to the episode that uh, we did with my husband and his ex-wife, my ex-wife-in-law, Brandy?
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I'm sure we alluded to it there at some point. And let, us, let me preface this by saying, and I know I said it on the episode, the way our family unit came to fruition, our extended family, was not effortless. And it wasn't perfect. And I don't think that I have all the answers. And I do not project that onto every person who gets divorced should all have family barbecues with all their exes. Like, I get it. It's not going to. But I think one of the things that the approach that I've had, and I mentioned it then, was even though my ex-husband and I are not enemies in any way, I watched his family and how they dealt with his son and his son's mom from a very young age. Like I watched it happen. So I knew it was possible. And then experienced it myself. And, and what are the odds that I even met somebody who can conduct themselves this way? Like, you know what I mean? That's not like common. At least back in those days, for sure. And so we trial and error, you know, and did what we had to do to make it work for our family. But the common sense approach that I'm stating today is like, I don't understand why it's this difficult is probably where that comes from was, it was very easy for me to go, well, like, okay, that's, that's his son's mom. She's in his life forever. Like, let's, why would I fight with this person? And one of the things that my husband had always said kind of early on, and he you know will allude to it periodically is just because people break up, doesn't mean that the love or the the, there was an initial reason you got together and there was a love there and that love doesn't disappear it just changed like that maybe it doesn't exist today in the same way but that doesn't erase what was and the good things that it brought to you hopefully you know at some point like you know and so being able to compartmentalize that and look at it like okay. If I don't want to be with this person, why do I care if someone else does? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't even understand, like, that other than people's internal rejection issues. And you know what I mean? There, I know there's very, it's not as black and white and easy peasy as what I'm saying. But I think just on a very surface level, I just feel like I do understand that there's so much baggage, you know, that people bring, especially. And I think maybe that might—I might have answered my own question. The older you get, the more baggage you have because you have acquired it throughout your life. And then when I meet you at 50 and you're 50, we're gonna have 50 years of baggage bring into this com- you know, to this interaction. Whereas at 20, you got like two years of baggage. You know what I mean? Like it's so. But I think that maturity level is—I am watching grown people behave in certain ways within relationships and as they are breaking up recently that I am just like how are how are we still doing this like and and it's just the first time I've been faced with it because 20 years ago I wasn't hanging out with people in their 60s you know what I mean and I'm looking at this as a middle-aged mom looking at people that i'm supposed to respect my elders that like are supposed to be older and wiser acting like children and feeling like the adult in the room and it's just like how exhausted like this is gross you know and and as i have grown up and learned and 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 been educated and experienced what women go through um in relationships, in life, in society, in politics, and all of it. Like, I have a zero tolerance policy in my personal life with my relationships. Like, if I see somebody treating one of my girlfriends like shit, I'm going to say what I think. It's happening. Like, I'm not, oh, I don't want to mess up the friendship or I don't want to upset anything. Like, no no like they're just like that we didn't women before us that we stand on their shoulders did not go through the oppression and the bullshit that they went through and fight for their ability to have a checkbook get a divorce live on their own choose not to have children whatever for me to be sitting here in 2023 and not speak my damn mind like about this type of behavior you know what I mean it's just like I mean, and maybe nothing will come from it. I don't know. I, I can't control other people, but I'm going to call out bad behavior when I see it. Like right. that's the way it is. And I would do the same and have done the same with women, you know, to my male friends. But I don't know. There's just, I, I don't even, I don't even think it's all just one. Cause it's, these are four different situations, four different set of circumstances, four different types of behavior. But one in particular was really upsetting to me because it was like, I've known this person for a long time. I thought they were I just thought they were this. And then to find out it's all bullshit. That was never who you were. That was all bullshit. Like and not you're not just acting bad today, like this is a pattern now. And you're like, and and it's it's a lie. It was a it was a it was a mask, it was a act. And then Damn to it. And then to find out, it it re-brought up in me that moment of trauma from 17 years ago where I was like, I'm not always going to be right about everybody, but how could I have been this wrong? How could I have been this wrong? And that I think that's why that one in particular is really resonating with me and in a lot of big feelings this week because it reminds us that... We just I think generally we like to take people at face value like, oh, they're pleasant. They're nice. They're, yes, ma'am. No, ma'am, like seem like a good person. Stick to them. You know what I mean? Like you just you can only work with what you're presented. But we trust our instincts and our guts to try to make those deeper decisions on how close we let certain people in and then to find out just it's all bullshit. Like that's really upsetting, you know. To me, and I'm sure it's, I, I, there's no way that's not resonating with somebody listening to the show. Like, you feel dumb.
0: Yeah, that's it right there. You, you feel, well, number one, you feel duped. And when when you use the word duped, it, it, it's on deep it's on a deeper, more emotional level because you're like, damn, I thought this was what it was. Much like what you're saying. And then you come to find out it's polar opposite than what you thought or what you were presented with. And that's what, that's, that's the key thing. You didn't write the script. You right. were going on what was handed to you. Come to find out it was disingenuous, mm-hmm. you know, and it always comes out in the wash eventually, right? And then, and then you're sitting there left, like, like much, like what you are saying, how did I not see this? But then you go back, you're like, hmm. That was a red flag.
1: And you do. And it's like, but I think that's the scary part. And man, talk about that as a mom. Oh, my God. Like, oh, my children, this is going to happen to them at some point. Like someone's going to dupe my child.
2: right?
1: Because people do that. That's life. And I'm going to have to go to jail. (laughs) 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 And Jason, I can't survive there. I I've I told you before I don't fight. <laughs> I would not survive. Um, I don't know. I'm kidding. I probably wouldn't go to. Well, maybe I would. We'll not talk about that on the air.
0: But no, probably should
1: the Thing at is I don't know. It just you <clears throat> and you know you can't save your kids from everything, and you hope you've given them the lessons and the love and the safe place to land when the shit goes wrong, and you you, you hope for that. But I my biggest prayer in life is that neither of my daughters or my son, my stepson, Miles ever endure a situation like I did in my past that they are having to buy Instacart 20 years later because they're still so traumatized. <laughs> like, like, you know, and my husband has alluded to it. You know, he had a very difficult childhood, a lot of abuse in the child. You know, that's a whole other story. But my point is, he is a good person who is still dealing with the effects of that today in very different ways than, than I am, but because they were different situations, but man, that's the thing. It's like, so it just reminded me that even though I feel older and wiser and like, I get it, there's still learning left to do. And I still am not perfect that I think I know things. And then I still have the ability to be duped and that, that's terrifying as a woman it's terrifying as an advocate it's terrifying as a survivor of trauma it is terrifying as a mother like no it is my job to get shit right because i have i can't be perfect but you got to get shit right because it has lasting effects and so i don't want to watch people in my life other people because of bad behavior i'm watching right now from people who are too damn old to know better to do that you know and so i have a lot of big feelings so say what big feelings that's what this was
0: (laughs) so sometimes you gotta have those moments where you hit the release valve otherwise you're gonna blow up Internally.
1: Maybe we should change the name of the show to release valve. I'm just saying. Just kidding. Um anyway, well, I'm glad we got to have this conversation. I have no doubt that somebody that will listen to this episode, some aspect of something we have discussed will resonate very deeply because this we this is not unique. Um but I do wish everyone whatever holiday uh you or lack of holidays that you tend to partake in, celebrate in, believe in, whatever. um, I do wish everyone a peaceful holiday season. I think that's the best way I can explain it because I, they're there. Like I said, in the beginning, there's an expectation of joy and happiness and we, and that's just not what a lot of people feel during this time of year. And I validate that. I hear that. Um, sometimes I'm part of that. Like I get it, but, um, there's a lot of big feelings going on during this time, particularly. So we wish all of our listeners, um, you know, take care of you self care matters. Um, talk to somebody if you need help. Um, go to get on Google, Google. Google might give you an answer to something. I don't know. know.
0: Google has all the answers.
1: Google is every Google is God. No. Oh, I'm going to get hate mail. I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, that's a
0: new t-shirt coming to the,
1: (laughs) (laughs) don't do it. Don't do it. Oh, oh, before we end this call, I have to tell you, or this recording, I have one ending thought for the holiday season that you're going to love. Hold on.
0: All right. (laughs) I am currently sitting on the edge of my seat in fevered anticipation.
1: I know. And then I got to go make some soup for my honey. He had to have a tooth pulled today. So he is hurting. Okay.
0: Sure he is. Bless his heart. You know,
1: I took a screenshot because I was looking up. I saw that you and Sean had an episode, either you just did, or that was coming up about like the countdown favorite Christmas songs. Oh, yeah. I should do a show like that. That would be fun and frivolous, but no, I'm going to talk about, excuse me, big feelings because I'm deep like that. So anyway, in my, as soon as I saw that post on Facebook that you made about it, I was like, okay, what, I don't want to copy. So like, what what could I do? We could talk about, you know, different celebrations across the world, like during the, the, the season. Right. And so I didn't that didn't inspire me much, but I did look it up. And wouldn't you know? <laughs> um I'll share two with you. One is because if I've never told you before, I'm Czech, like Czechoslovakian. That's my heritage, my predominant heritage. And so in the Czech Republic, um, as opposed to like our typical Christmas festivities, they celebrate St. Nicholas Day. And um Basically, obviously St. Nick, we all are familiar with that. But it says, the jolly old man is actually based on St. Nicholas, a 4th century Greek bishop who protected children, among others. St. Nicholas Day is still commonly celebrated across Europe on December 6th, though the traditions vary depending on country. In the Czech Republic, St. Nick dresses like a bishop and is accompanied by both an angel and a devil. Based on St. Nick's judgment of child's behavior, the kid either gets a treat from the angel or gets terrorized by the devil. (laughs) fun public festivities make prague an excellent base to witness this spectacle with kids dressing as angels and devils first of all can we go to prague like how fun is that like terrorizing children <laughs> hey, um, i'm kidding but here's here's your gem and then we're going to part ways okay in scandinavia it's called the yule goat you know my my goat oh
0: shit here we go <laughs>
1: It says, you've likely heard of a Yule log, but how about a Yule goat? Throughout Scandinavia, especially Sweden, Norway, and Finland, locals celebrate a variation of the Santa Claus legend, which involves him riding a goat instead of a sleigh pulled by reindeer. As such, it's common to find goat ornaments everywhere. Although the town of... Something I can't pronounce. And Sweden does one better by erecting a larger than life straw goat in the town square, whose size has even made the Guinness Book of World Records. The goat structure is meant to last from Advent until New Year's Day, but perhaps more noteworthy than its size, it's the annual unofficial sabotaging of said goat, since it inevitably gets burned to the ground more often than not. We gotta go to Scandinavia. And burn goat effigies. Apparently, I what is the theme? I don't know. Me and my goat cult stuff. I don't know. But when I read that, I said, "Oh, I can't wait to tell Jason about the Yule goat."
0: That's I've never heard that before. So that that was that was a fun little, little a little tidbit, and it does go inside with your whole goat cult gimmick. It so I, I love it.
1: And you know where I found it? Google on Google. On Google. On that note, we thank you for joining us on this episode of Say What. We will see you next week. Have a wonderful holiday season. And who even knows what we'll be talking about next time? No telling. We might be at a rage room. I don't know. (laughs) But it happens.
0: Listen, I'm down for the field trip. So let's, let's look into that.
1: I love it. Jason, I will talk to you again soon. Everyone, have a great rest of your week. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Say
0: What. at any given time everybody is going through something in their lives and they need perhaps another perspective on how to tackle it maybe they need to be motivated maybe they need to be inspired hey everybody i'm jason klaus and we are inviting you to join us once a month as my friend waddle edwards and i take to the airwaves of orion neighborhood television for the klaus and q show each month we will tackle a topic that will inspire you that will try to put things in a different perspective and to let you know that no matter what you're dealing with it's going to be okay it's the claus and q show every month over on O N T V, you can find it exclusively on facebook.com forward slash orient on the Klaus and q show as part of the pfc entertainment network